Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hello and welcome to Money Tips. This is Charles Kelly bringing you Money Tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate and ultimately enjoy more money. Today I want to talk about something a little bit different. You might wonder what it's got to do with Money Tips, but I don't want this podcast to just be uh, you know, a tip on how you can save a few pennies down at Poundland or what flights you can get cheap this month. I want it to be something more in depth. So today I want to give you 10 quick tips to improve your public speaking. That wasn't very well delivered, was it? 10 quick tips is like a, a tongue twister. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever been asked to deliver a talk at work or in a club or in a, in a situation where someone said, can you get up and talk about this? Or can you talk about something at the next meeting? You know, I'm sure we've all been asked to do something like that. And, you know, because public speaking is one of our biggest fears, you know, perhaps even more than death, maybe you've turned it down or maybe you said, oh, I can't do that. Oh, no, not me. No, please don't ask me to speak in public. You know, I had a friend of mine who used to be like this. She'd go, oh, no, I can't speak in public. I can't ask a question. But now she gets up and delivers great talks. She she speaks up at meetings and all sorts of things. Now, you may have turned that opportunity. I call it an opportunity because it is an opportunity and I'll explain why. Now, if you're scared to speak, I want to give you some tips to help you overcome that. Now, if you do decide to take up the offer, make sure you're prepared, rehearsed, polished, so that you give your audience the best value for their time and you show yourself in the best light. Don't be casual. As Jim Rohn once said, the great speaker himself, uh, casualness leads to casualties. In fact, you know, we wouldn't even heard of Jim Rohn had it not been for a little talk he did at his local Rotary Club. Now, I'm a member of Rotary Club and people come to talk to us all the time. Now, he was already a successful businessman, a millionaire, as he put it, who'd gone from, you know, farm boy from Idaho to Beverly Hills. And, you know, somebody at a local Rotary Club said, you know, would you like to come along and uh, talk about how you got from Idaho, farm boy from Idaho to, to Beverly Hills? So Jim said, yeah, OK, great. And there wasn't any money involved. It was just come, something to amuse the members. Now, as I said, as a member of Rotary Club, we get all sorts of speakers come and most of them, unfortunately, are not very well prepared, rehearsed and, you know, don't do a very good job. But we have to sort of live through that. Now, Jim accepted the offer and someone saw him give a talk. And I think his talk was something like the four seasons of success or something like that. And, you know, they liked his talk. They were very well impressed with it. And someone saw him and said, could you come and give a talk to another club or another venue? And he did that. And after that, someone approached him to, to give a talk at a corporate event and he said he would pay Jim. Jim said, wow, you know, what about that? I get paid to talk? You know, he couldn't believe it. And, you know, to cut a long story short, this is how his multi-million dollar speaking career was launched, where he spoke all over the world to millions of people. You know, he launched CDs and, and training programs. I went to one of his programs, at his, his seminars, weekend event in, in California over 10 years ago, and it, it was fantastic. He, he had other speakers there like Brian Tracy, uh, Dennis Waitley, and all sorts of great speakers who'd sold millions of, I suppose, tapes and CDs. They were like uh, rock stars, really. And, you know, this is how it started from that little talk he gave at a Rotary Club. Now, 
you know, by making an effort to de deliver a great talk, he was spotted and that's how things escalated from there. Now, I've seen literally careers launched from giving a good talk, a good speech. I've seen people promoted. I've seen people been noticed by just giving a good talk. I've even seen a young guy that used to be my assistant uh, being promoted because he was good at cricket. Well, I say good, not quite just because he was good at cricket. But what happened... Uh, it's funny, the guy's name was Colin. He was my admin assistant. I, I was the guy out on the road selling. And this is when I was at Legal and General. Now, we were asked to, to uh, participate in a cricket match between uh, a building society that we used to do business with. And it was seen as a social event, but you know, business related. And uh, they had lovely grounds down at Kingswood in Surrey. I don't even know if they're still there. But uh, Colin, being a sporty type, said he would he would captain the team. You know, he was younger than most of us. He was quite tall, athletic kind of guy, and uh, he stepped up, volunteered to be captain, and uh, you know he did a fantastic job of, of field, you know, organising us fielders. You, like, you stand there, and he was even telling the manager, you know, you stand over there, you do this, you do that, and it wasn't just about speaking. He had to speak, but he had to show that he could speak in public, show a bit of leadership, if you like. And, you know, he also did a very good job of scoring a few runs and, uh, you know, bowling a few people out. And his prowess and, and his leadership skills on the cricket field were noticed by the branch manager, who not long after promoted him, literally. And uh, I, I remember this this manager a little bit snobbish. Um, and he, he said something like, oh, yes, uh, Colin will be very good, but we just have to teach him not to wear white socks. Ha 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 ha, Essex boy, you know. And but anyway, he, he got promoted and you might say Colin got lucky, but no, he, he stepped up to the mark. He, he took his opportunity and did his best. You know, I don't think for a moment he thought that his performance would lead to promotion, but, you know, it did. And, you know, we all get lucky breaks in life. It's whether we, we grab that opportunity and take them. And, you know, in fact, I hadn't seen Colin for about 20, 30 years and I met him and he, he'd, been, he'd gone on to have a marvellously su successful career in financial services. Uh, running his own business, making a lot of money. And uh, we, we had a chat a, a little while ago over a drink and it, it was great. We talked about the good old days and all that sort of stuff when he was like a bit rough around the edges, but um, he, he's he's vastly improved. Now, to give another example here. I'm sure you remember that great performance by Queen on Live Aid. Now, if you haven't seen it, Google it, you know, if, you, if you're not old enough to remember it in person. But Freddie Mercury literally stole the show, didn't he? And many of the bands who come on just sort of come on with a guitar and maybe a couple of guys and sang a couple of songs and oh, thanks everyone yeah bye you know but no Queen didn't do that did they 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 rehearsed and rehearsed and you know they realised that they only had a few minutes to, to show their best to the world you know they couldn't do a whole concert and do all of their songs so they did this brilliant little medley do you remember and Freddie was up there going hey, oh, hey, oh, and all this sort of stuff and clapping hands and he got the whole audience going didn't he now sorry for you you diehard Queen fans, but I, I really think that that performance relaunched their career and, and turned Freddie into a, a literary superstar. But they, they grabbed the opportunity, didn't they? They didn't just come on and be casual about it. Now, I recently watched a documentary about the legendary Woodstock concert. You know, this, hey man, Woodstock in, in America where a million people turned up. And, uh, you know, I, I saw this documentary. Oh, great, I'm going to see all these great bands. But Frankly, most of the performances were, were, were a disappointment. They were terrible. They just came on, you know, came in and, you know, gave a lacklustre performance. Maybe they were drunk. Maybe they're on drugs. I don't know. But one particular band, a British band, as it happens, really stood out from the crowd. Um, they were professional. They were well rehearsed. They were really polished. And, 
you know, when they gave their performance, you could see that they prepared for it and they were they were up for it, you know. And uh, any idea who this band is? I'll tell you it is the Who. Remember Roger Daltrey he was up there like a masterful guy singing, and he really stood out from the crowd. And I, I think at that point they they stole the show. Now, all right, this is not speaking, but it's performance. Now, what I'm saying is you seize the opportunity, grab the moment. You know, they weren't casual about it. They realised they had to give a performance, and a speech is like a performance, right? So always be prepared, always be professional. Make sure you give it your best shot, put your best foot forward and all those other stuff, right? As I said, we get lucky breaks in life, but we don't always accept the luck and take the luck that the universe is sending us. So don't underestimate the, the power of public speaking and a speech. You know, don't forget the political leaders who've moved whole nations. You know, if you think of Gandhi that moved you know, hundreds of millions of people in India to rise up against uh, British colonialism. We think about people like Hitler that turned a whole nation against the Jews and, and the gypsies and, and, you know, it led to the death of millions of people. And we think about the great speeches in life and some of them involved hatred, but some of them involved inspiring. You know, in fact, in the Second World War, you, you know, you think about it, Adolf Hitler on one side preaching his hatred, but, you know, still inspiring his nation to go to war and lay down their life for the country. And then you had Churchill, Winston Churchill on the other side, who, you know, gave some of the greatest speeches of all time, I think, really inspiring and rousing the country to stand up against at that time don't forget a more powerful enemy that was winning the war you know but he, he said we'll fight them on the beaches and you know never in the the history of time of so many and I, I don't know the whole speech off by heart but google it yeah if you google the speech for me it makes the back of my hair stand up on my neck it's, it's brilliant now, now Winston Churchill didn't uh, become a great speaker by accident it's a fact that before he started delivering those speeches on air, which in those days was on the radio. He spent months and months at the BBC learning how to speak before a mic because it was it was quite a new thing. He learned to use the media of that time. You know, I'm sure if he was around today, he'd be on Google and YouTube and that sort of thing. So he learned to use the media. He, he honed his speaking style. And in fact, like many of the, the great orators, if you like, uh, of that time, he used uh, a Shakespearean style of speaking to inspire his audience. If you listen to the speeches of John F. Kennedy and Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, I've seen the, the light, you know, I've seen across the hills and, 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 and all these words that he used, they were very Shakespearean in style. In fact, some of them are almost drawn from Shakespeare plays and, and speeches. So remember that, you know, study these things, study, study different styles. Now, maybe that style isn't suitable today. It's certainly not, you know, if you're getting up to speak before, you know, your work colleagues, you don't want to be like, you know, John F. Kennedy saying, you know, ask not what you can do for your country, but ask what you can, you know, all that sort of stuff. You don't need to do that. But um, learn from from these different styles and, and look at modern speakers. Look at how they can inspire nations. You know? I mean, whatever you say about people like Donald Trump, he, he is a great speaker. He's a, he's, a, he's a salesman, if you like, but he's a great speaker. He, he, he roused crowds and people give him no chance whatsoever but when he goes before an audience, he, he does know how to get that audience going. Barack Obama also was another great speaker, different style of speaking, but he could certainly move people, you know, with his style and tone and etc. Now, just changing the subject slightly, I'm convinced that the reason why so and this is related to Britain more than anything, but the reason why so many people who go through private education go on to become good speakers and leaders, you know, most of the people in parliament 
I've gone through the, the, the public, I say public school, public means private school in, in the UK for some reason, but they've gone through public schools and often the top schools. And, and most of them have been privately educated who, who've gone on to lead uh, industry and, and get the great jobs in industry to, to be in parliament and, 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 and so on. Now, one of the reasons I think it is, is because they are taught in private schools how to speak properly from a very young age. You know, if you, if you meet a child from a private school, you know, you'll see that they're, they're confident, they'll speak, they'll shake hands. How do you do? You know, they learn that at school. It's not just something they, they pick up by accident. Now, I went to a state school and I can count on, on the fingers of one hand the number of times I was asked to even read from a book in class, let alone speak. I don't think I was ever asked to, to stand up on a stage and speak in front of people. I couldn't have done it at that age, frankly, even, even in my, my secondary school. But on the other hand, I sent my two children to private schools from very young and I noticed that they were taught how to speak in schools and they were taught, you know, right, you will give a talk tomorrow. You will, you will read from this book or you will have to, to speak from this page. And they had to go home and practice it. And I, you know, I remember my son in, in, in the living room, you know, he was so scared about it. He would he'd practice it. And I noticed as he, he, he practiced the speech, how he used intonation. He, he, he didn't just speak in a monotone fashion. He had to emphasize certain words. So he said, and then we went out and we did this and we did that. And then he went down again and up and down. He was taught not to speak in a monotone, monotone voice like this, where you just speak in one tone and you just speak at one level. He was taught how to emphasize certain words so that he, he didn't come across as monotone and boring. Now, I, I'm telling you, that's how the schools prepare people by teaching them how to speak, teaching them how to be leaders, because you can't lead a team. You can't even lead a, a small team or a platoon or or anyway, let alone a country without being able to speak. Can you? You can't just do it from behind a desk and you know, send out a few letters. You've got to be able to speak. Even if you do it in writing, you still know you have to know how to write something. And that comes from from speaking. So don't underestimate this. And what I want to give you now is 10 quick tips on public speaking. And this is not a definitive list or course in public speaking. You know, you can read you know, thousands of books on, on speaking, take courses, go on to Google, look at TED Talks. And, you know, there are so many ways you can master speech and it can take a lifetime to master it. But here are these few short tips for the beginners, if you like, for people that are perhaps nervous about speaking and just to get you started. Right. So the 10 quick tips here. Right. Tip number one is Never pass up an opportunity to speak in public. Opportunities, that's the word. Never pass it up. If someone asks you to give a short presentation at work, say yes and then learn how to do it. And this is one of Richard Branson's tips. Say yes and then learn how to do it. Number two, speak up at meetings at work or in public. Now, I, I in my spare time, I'm a counsellor. So I go to a lot of public meetings and, and most people are afraid to, to ask a question or put their hand up and, and ask a question. But people who do and, and stand up in the meeting, you know, they really stand out. So and, and it's the same thing at work. And, you know, you, you'll often find that only one or two people speak up at, at work in a meeting or a, or a, or a, a team meeting. But, you know, I, I would say try and speak up, not not to say any old rubbish, but, you know, ask a question. If you've got something in your mind, why not get up and ask? You're always saying, oh, if I get up, I might seem, I might seem a bit silly if I ask that question. But don't you just get up and ask. I, I, I counsel meetings. I ask questions. Sometimes they might seem like stupid questions, but sometimes it might seem like the obvious questions. But I ask and I, I question like things like scrutiny meetings. 
And recently, uh, the, the leader of the scrutiny meeting said, Charles, you know, you ask questions that other people want to ask, you know, but they're frank, they're scared to ask it. So I felt pleased about that. But, you know, do speak up. You know, public speaking is not just about delivering a speech on stage and speaking to the back of the stalls, dear boy, deliver your play to the back of the stalls and all those sort of cliches. It's not just about that. It can involve speaking at a meeting, giving a short presentation to your work colleagues, selling, selling one-to-one, talking to people, selling your ideas, selling your concepts, your policies, one-to-one presentations where you just sort of present an idea to a manager, asking for a pay rise, anything. There's a whole range of things that all involve speaking, going to a, to a networking meeting and talking to people saying, hi, I'm Charles Kelly. How do you do? You know, that's speaking, that's speaking in public. And I often see people at networking meetings hiding in the corner with a drink, you know, and they, they can perhaps come and go without speaking to anybody, which is which is tragic, really. Um, so these these all involve speaking, speaking, talking, using your voice, communicating with people. Number three, then, is learn to speak in public. I'd say learning to speak in public could be one of your greatest assets. Um, I, I call it an asset, like a house is an asset, a share is an asset, because this will take you forward in life in, in, in ways that you can never imagine. And one of these assets is, is the ability to sell. Now, you might think, well, I'm not involved in selling, I'm in, I'm in admin. But indirectly or uh, in some way or another, we're all involved somewhere in selling because, you know, the organization or the company you work for has to sell products to its customers. Nothing moves without before it's sold. You know, if the product's sitting on the shelf and doesn't get sold by somebody, no one's going to get paid, even the administrators. Even if you work for a government or a council or, or, you know, they have to sell their policies. Now they're increasingly doing this through public meetings, Twitter, Facebook, all sorts of things, but and, and speaking in public where the politicians or the managers speak in public to, to sell their policies to the public at election time during the elections. You, we've seen recently how things have changed through speeches, how one political leader in, in, in the UK got ridiculed for, for delivering a, a, what was called a poor speech just because she coughed a few times and, you know, a sign fell off at the back of the wall. But just because of that, you know, her ratings went down. One speech can make their ratings go up. So think of learning to speak as as an asset, as building up your personal assets and your, even your personal brand. So think about that. That's tip number three. Number four, practice your talk in front of a mirror or better still, film it on, on your camera or a, or a video camera and then watch it back. Practice makes perfect, as, as the old saying goes. And, and uh, practicing it on on your phone is a really good way of and you know watching the video back is a really good way of looking at the way you stand the way you deliver the speech you know i'm not going to go into all of these things now but definitely practice number five and i put this as a separate tip because it's really important never wing it you'll never go anything i'll just go and read from this thing and and speak because you'll always fall flat on your face even if you're asked at the last minute like recently i was asked at the last minute oh could you do the the talk at the end there could you do a, a vote of thanks or whatever it is you know, even then you've got to just go away and just jot down a few few notes on a bit of paper, even a small little bit of paper like this or on your phone. And, uh, you know, then take a few moments, uh, you know, make, make a few bullet points out there. So you're, you're delivering something prepared, even if it's only for one minute, prepare it. Never, never, ever wing it, especially when you've got time to prepare. Don't just go anything. Oh, I'll just do this. It's easy. I'll just go and stand up, and, you know, do that. No, don't do it. Practice makes perfect. Never wing it. So that was number five. Number six, if possible, avoid just reading out your speech from a prepared bit of paper where people stand up and go, oh, no, 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 no. You know, that, that can be very boring. I know sometimes you can't 
get around that you might have to deliver certain words but even then you could practice that you could read it out again and again aloud to yourself so that you get better at it you get more fluent so you're not your eyes are not glued down you know you should be able to read from a page and, and look up occasionally and look around at your audience but you don't want to be like buried into the page like this and then just you know talking into your your bit of paper so you know, that that's a little tip and if you practice it you'll be able to deliver it more naturally but um, I, I would say the best way is really to deliver uh, to, to deliver your speech from a, a list of bullet points and notes and so that you've got point one and then you, you, you expand on that point two and you expand on that rather than reading uh, from a page verbatim and if you do have to type out your speech word for word try reading it out and then you'll realize that some words don't come out as well when you speak them as they do look on on paper and some words can get you tongue-tied as well so by practicing again you'll be able to iron out all the differences number seven then is to use powerpoint sparingly and, and properly really i can't tell you the number of speakers i see standing in front of a powerpoint and then turning their back on the audience and reading out the bullet points on the powerpoint yeah it's terrible. It's a, it's a really bad way of speaking. Professional speakers never do that. You know, if you see a real good speaker and a professional speaker, they might have a few illustrations on the wall. They might use some visual aids and some photos and pictures, but they'll never stand up and go, oh, point number one and is this and point number two is that. No, you don't do that. You know, another mistake if you're going to use PowerPoint is not to cram the the slide with too many points. And sometimes they put whole things in it that people at the back can't even read it. And it's boring, you know. It should be used properly. You can learn how to use PowerPoint, but I'd, I'd urge you not to sort of use that as a, a lever to hang on to, you know, a, a crutch, if you like, to hang on to. You think, oh, if I get that PowerPoint, I'm OK, because it, it won't be. Number eight, then, is to time your talk and don't ever overrun. And this is where video in it can also help you. Um, if you're given 10 minutes to, to, to deliver a talk, stick to that 10 minutes, because you've got other people maybe coming on after you. And it's very selfish and unprofessional to just ramble on and then have to be you know guillotined and told to, to get off stage or, or to stop because we're running out of time i see this all the time people come to talk at rotary we tell them look this is a short meeting you know you've got 10 minutes you've got 15 minutes and they just ramble on and on and you know it's very selfish actually just to ramble and take up our time and people are looking at their watches and in the end the the, the president have to say no could you sorry we have to could you wrap up now because we haven't got time and then and then you're losing maybe some of your best points at the end so timing is important and it shows professionalism to finish on time and people are really impressed with just just having to be given five minutes and you finish at four minutes and 30 seconds or four minutes and 50 people are they're, they're watching you and they're very, they're very impressed that you can finish on time it does show professionalism number nine uh, we're getting to the end here number nine take a course in public speaking now there are thousands of courses you can take on public speaking online in books and and written word but I think one of the best places to start with is to join an organization called International Toastmasters. Now, I started with them when I wanted to, to learn to speak properly, if you like. Um, and they're a non-profit organization. I found them extremely cheap and great value for money because they're not there to make a profit. So they basically involve sort of group meetings, uh, usually weekly. And there's usually an International Toastmasters club, if you like, in your area. This is not to be confused with the Toastmasters who do after-dinner Toastmastering. Uh, this is a group called International Toastmasters. It started in America, you know, I don't know, 50 years ago or whatever, and they have an organised programme. So you get you get together in meetings and you're encouraged to speak, stand up and speak in front of a, a sympathetic 
and receptive audience. And I say encourage because they don't force you. They don't just throw you in at the deep end. They might ask you to stand up and introduce yourself if you if you feel inclined to do that. And your first talk is called your icebreaker, where you're, you're basically talking about yourself. So that's pretty easy. And the talks are usually five minutes. Some go on to 10 minutes, but it's a great organization and they're run by volunteers. So it, it's really cheap to join. You get a, a manual to run through and it takes you through a series of talks that lead to better leadership, better speaking and, and to become a professional Toastmaster, if you like. And they go through things like tonation, voice projections, maybe using mics and cameras and so on. But there are lots of ways of learning all these things. But Toastmasters is a really good place to start. And you you can become a a very good speaker just by doing that. If you want to go to another level and be a paid professional speaker, you may need to go on from there and learn new skills and and hire people and that sort of thing. But I, I really think I can't recommend Toastmasters enough. So number 10 then is to stand up and speak. Now, in my experience, nothing beats actually getting up there, speaking and really just doing it, you know, learning by doing it. We learn from our experience, like riding a bike, if you like, you know, uh, you can read about how to ride a bike, but you'll never learn until you get on the saddle and start pedaling. Yeah. Uh, So the more you stand up and speak, the more you'll overcome those nerves, you know, that feeling in your belly where you have to breathe deeply to get those nerves out. But the more you more you do it, the more you'll be able to stand up and speak and be confident at it. And people will, you know, remember you for that. It's a, it, I can't emphasize it. it's a great opportunity to get up and speak is a really good opportunity to get noticed. Now, finally, remember that on speaking in general, a large percentage of people who are in prison have a very limited vocabulary as well as a, a, a low reading ability. We know this, right? You know, they can only see through the, the, the world, their limited world, you know, they've got these blinkers on, you know, they haven't got a large vocabulary. They're not able to express themselves properly. So this is often how they end up in prison. Many of them are illiterate, for instance. Now, once people become more educated, I don't mean just educated in terms of academic education, but they they, they open their mind, they're educated, they're they're less likely to to re-offend. And this is why educational programs in prisons are so, so useful. Now, if you want to improve your vocabulary, then I suggest you read more books. I've, I've probably talked about this before, but reading books is a great way to expand your mind, to expand your vocabulary. But when you see a word you don't understand, Google it. I used to use a dictionary beside you, but you can just Google these words now. And you can also learn the old trick of a word a day where you learn a new word every day and you weave that into your conversation so that it really sticks in your mind and you memorize it. Now, you might say, how does this relate to money tips? Well, nearly all the money we earn in life, uh, we earn through our relationships with people. They all involve speaking in some way, right? And the more you, you do this, the more you learn uh, and improve your speaking, I, I believe the more you'll have a happy and successful life. So that's all for today. I just want to run through quickly again. So first of all, tip number one, never pass up on, on an opportunity to speak in public. Number two, speak up at meetings in, in work or in public. Number three, remember that learning to speak can be one of your greatest assets. So take it very seriously. Uh, number four, practice in front of a mirror or better still film yourself on your phone or a camera. Number five, never ever wing it. Number six, if possible, avoid reading out a speech word for word. Uh, instead, make bullet points or even if you're typing out your speech, learn it and learn it and practice and practice so you're not seen to be sort of staring at the page. Number seven, use PowerPoint sparingly and carefully. Number eight, 
Time your talk and don't overrun. It shows professionalism if you finish on time. Number nine, take a course in public speaking. Number 10, stand up and speak. That's all for now. Hope you've enjoyed this. We'll be speaking to you soon. This is Charles Kelly who's bringing you money tips to help you accumulate more money, save and ultimately enjoy more money. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 